Pitsill Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it out for the Wigan Warriors. Some brands choose to buy recognition. NGK would rather work for a living. Time after time, track after track, season after season, the engines that continually propel NHRA teams to victory often rely on NGK spark plugs. From factory stock cars to the top fuel class, we put our name on the line. And when we finish first, which happens a lot, we go back to work. Why? Because sometimes recognition can come with a price, but actions always speak louder than words. We earn it. We own it. That's what matters to us. NGK Spark Plugs, since 1936. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast, where we talk everything motorsports marketing related, the ins and the outs, the do's and the don'ts, the turning lefts, going straights, the rumors and the gossips. We are here to entertain you in the world of motorsports. So Cameron Frey and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for rating, review, subscribe, telling 10 of your closest friends, and let's get into this week's episode. What's up, West Coast Cam? Cam? Cam, nope, not here again this week, but I can't throw him under the bus because, hey, he had a kid. Him and Angie welcomed in a little Miss Blair late last week, and Cam is trying to figure out what time zone his daughter is sleeping in. So, God bless him and Angie for that, and Cam will be back with us next week. But if you would, please make sure to stop by, chat with Cam, drop him a line, send him an IM. He will be very, very happy to hear from you as he now has one of each. One boy, one girl, welcome to the world of having somebody else to blame things on. Thanks for tuning in this weekend. This week's episode in Racers and Rental Cars podcast, we are going to have an interview with somebody who's trying to simplify the world of going bracket racing in Casey Beckmeyer with his YouTube channel. But before we get into that, we got to talk about what's going on in the motorsports world. So let's kick down the door. First and foremost, thank you all very much for all of your comments, five-star reviews from last week's guest, Ben Riling, former motorsports director at Coca-Cola. That was a great show. I apologize to those of you that said it went long. I get it. I understand. But once Ben started talking, I really didn't want to turn him off. So, uh, again, anytime somebody that high up the food chain that's been doing it for two decades uh, offers out his uh, experience and knowledge, we want to take advantage of that. So, if you missed last week's show, do yourself a favor. Go back and catch that. Get caught up. Let us know. Please do us a favor. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you thought of the show and also who you want to hear from in the upcoming weeks as we are just shortly weeks away from kicking off 
a huge motorsports year that hopefully we can figure out what normal looks like. And somebody that's trying to figure out what normal looks like is Kyle Larson. And Kyle getting to throw some colors on his ride for this year in 2021 at Hendrick Motorsports. Another announcement this week that Cincinnati and Freightliner are both going to be stepping up to adorn Kyle's car, the number five for Hendrick Motorsports this season. Uh, Dates to be determined and announced, but nonetheless, there are companies out there that that are stepping up and willing to take the chance on Kyle Larson and him renewing his image, if you will, in the world of motorsports. So that was a big announcement. Also with that, we are days away from NASCAR Speed Week's kicking off it's kind of like been uh, school photo week if you will if you're out there on instagram following along twitter there is a lot of new artwork schemes colors designs uh that are being displayed and so uh if you're if you're like me that kind of gets wrapped up into the colors and the schemes that go on uh being the fact that hey i'm working on a new scheme for my car so i'm kind of interested in what's getting laid out and laid down if you will for the new rides of 2021 uh definitely drop us a note send me an im or something about what you think is the most hideous so far that hit it there's a couple out there that whew, man uh, it, it, if they were going to get something to talk about them right they wanted to have give the announcers something to talk about it might very well be the hideous scheme on a couple of these cars that are rolling out uh that being said by the time this episode drops we are definitely going to be in the window for the nhra gator nationals uh nhra announcing this week uh that they are going to have a test session uh a couple days prior to the gator nationals uh, after the baby gators, if you will, for the Lucas Oil Sportsman, where they will have a two-day test for the Camping World NHRA professional classes at the racetrack. So that's going to be a, a chance to kick off. But I still think that you're going to see a lot of people, the Pro Stock Pro My guys, you're going to see them hang out in Orlando for a couple weeks, probably bounce up to Bradenton. Uh, but most definitely, I think you're also going to see some cars make the far trek uh, down to West Palm Beach. I think you're going to see some of the, the fuel teams head that way, uh, as well as you're going to see definitely see some testing photos out of Valdosta in between Duck X and so forth on the schedule there at South Georgia Motorsports Park. Another announcement this week on the sponsor front, Rachel Meyer, which was had to be like the worst kept secret in the world, stepping up to take over Megan Meyer's seat as she has left the world of drag racing to be a mom, as she made her announcement a few weeks ago about being pregnant. So congratulations to Megan and her husband. But Rachel Meyer taking over the seat of the Randy Meyer Racing primary car and will have NTK colors on it this year for 2021. And the last thing that we want to follow up with is the U.S. Street Nationals. Holy cow, if you watched it this weekend on Flow Sports, which again, okay, I'm going to stand up here. I get it. I totally get it, right? I understand that people are upset about the pay-to-view program with Flow Sports. 
that they've kicked off the 2021 season. Uh, but they are out there. They're working at it. They're constantly trying to improve it and give them a chance. Brian Wagner was out there, did some interviews with some people that definitely needed to have some limelight shined on them for what they're trying to do in the sport of radio racing and also obviously pro mod and, and some of the other classes that were showcased at the U.S. Street Nationals. So give the Flow Sports guys a chance. And it is now Flow Sports. It's no longer Power Media or, or any of that nature. It is Flow Sports TV. Do yourself a favor. Stop by the Racers and Rental Cars page. You can click on the Flow Sports logo. And you can get yourself a little bit of a small discount as you slide through there. But definitely going to want to give them a chance. They are definitely improving. And uh, again, don't be so quick to throw companies under the boat. Boat, bus, run them over with the boat, run them over with the bus. As I saw some people bashing uh, the people that were out there trying to deliver a positive message or just a message of drag racing over the weekend. Uh, in Bradenton and we just we don't need that let's be positive it's our sport let's try to uh, make sure that we do a good job of that Uh, so that is where I am going to close out I'm going to get over here on the phone I'm going to ring up someone that has uh, been in the world of drag racing for a while however he has just decided to jump off the high dive into the shallow into the pool if you will to uh, spread a message about bracket racing and doing it in a different manner, right? We all know, it, it definitely, on if you're a drag racer, we have we have people like Luke Bogacki and Jared Pennington and Drag Champ, and we have all these media outlets in the bracket racing world that are very quick, uh, quick reaches on social media and so forth that you can reach out and catch up on what's going on. Really, if you're an experienced racer. Uh, obviously, this is Bracket Racing Elite with Luke and his his whole program over there if you're looking to improve your bracket racing game. So you've got that. But the individual that we're going to have on the show tonight, Casey, he found uh, just a lacking area, if you will, of the pie of drag racing, bracket racing, that needed to be taken care of and put together. So he got the ingredients together. And he jumped off the deep end in July and started a YouTube channel to talk about bracket racing and getting involved in the sport and trying to uh, streamline the process of what you need or don't need or what you should spend or what you shouldn't spend and, and all kinds of other troubleshooting ideas and processes for you to kind of have somebody to go to like you'd be trying to change a heating element in your dryer at home and the first thing you do is go to YouTube well, if you're getting ready to get involved in the world of bracket racing or trying to figure out where you might fit in or start a project with your son or daughter into the world of bracket racing, we're going to bring Casey in and we're going to talk about it tonight. So with that being said, Casey, are you there, sir? Yeah, man, I'm over here. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Congratulations, uh, Cam, on the new baby. Uh, I know that... Uh, this has been on the last couple of your podcasts. He's been ready to run out the door for a while. Well, one of the very first things, Casey, that since you have obviously been listening, is the first thing I asked him for is I needed the audio of my water broke. And he <laughs> just 
He just, he provided nothing to me from Angie for any kind of soundbite that we could use during the show to, you know, to just demonstrate the, the, I mean, we, we need our own sound button, right? Everybody's got toilets flushing and people throwing up and things of this nature and the gong show hook. And, and I mean, I know you can't see it, but I got my chalkboard behind me flipping burgers to race. I mean, we needed a sound bite and we needed to hear Angie go, Cam, my water broke. And I mean, how is that? I mean, it'd be the perfect audio, like just for me to push a button during any interview, right? Like it's going down the toilet. You just push that, push that button. My water broke. Time to go. Click. There you go. Uh, but no, yeah, don't, don't let him come back. I, I promise you folks, I am not going to let him come back on the show next week and talk about woe is me. Woe is me. I don't know what to do. I got two kids. I got a full-time job. I'm a professor at college. I'm trying to be a race car driver. It's just not going to happen. He's just, he, he's going to find sympathy between, you know, the two S's. That's what I'm going to tell him. Uh, so, but yeah, most definitely, um, congrats to him and Angie as they had a, they had a, they had a good week, a rough week, they had a little bit of a couple speed bumps and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Cam will, devour on that and and let us all know but yeah he's everything's going well for them so we're happy for him but casey let's jump in here let's talk about what it is that possessed you to jump out there into the youtube world and start a going bracket racing channel give us the 30 second pitch yeah the 30 second pitch would basically be the purpose of the going bracket racing youtube channel is kind of to give the entry level or newer racer an idea of how things work and uh, how to work on and maintain your race car. And uh, I could say a lot of this could be attributed to the fact that George Atchison, my partner with the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, actually uh, pushed me to do this because uh, when I actually started the channel, I was having tons of issues. I just got back into racing. I lived in Denver for 10 years, got out of racing I uh, moved to North Carolina, the Wild Wild West to drag racing for the most part. Um, and I, I got a car. I, I bought a 20-year-old dragster. It had a 468 in it. actually has 990 Chevelle heads on it, um, literally a motor out of 1972. Um, but this car was assembled 20 years ago. It was it – was, uh, one guy says it was 1999. Another guy says it was 2001. But it was a hardtail Danny Nelson car. Um good car but just old i mean it is what it is um and i bought it really cheap to get back into racing and you know what comes with cheap you get what you pay for um but it was kind of one of those one thing after another things i mean man i got pushed back from the starting line so many times i can't even tell you at galat they knew my name and i I wasn't from here they knew me they were like oh man here he comes again you know um but long story short, it was a bunch of wiring issues. I mean, one of the very first videos on the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel was me just pulling a connector apart, uh, and it was the main wire from your battery to your MSD. Uh, so the car would shake out of the burnout because it didn't have enough power to really do a burnout because it's just 468 with iron heads, and uh, it'd shake and it'd die. Well, then it'd start back up. So I'm like, well, what's going on here, you know? So I had a buddy that he kept telling me, just rewire it, just rewire it. Well, I'm hard-headed, and I'm like, no, nah, I found it. I found it. I'm not going to rewire the whole thing. I'm going back. I'm going right now, you know? Uh, so long story short, that happened. I fixed that issue. No big deal. Then a rocker arm flew apart because they had those real cheap red comp rockers on there. Uh, 
but it has a ton of valve spring pressure because it's just a bunch of parts compiled together. Like I said, I, I don't know what this stuff is. I mean, this guy probably just pulled a bunch of stuff off the shelf to sell the car, uh, which is fine. Um, but either way, then I had to take the intake off. Then I figured out I couldn't find the rest of the needle bearings. Then I had to take the pan off, and I'm pulling all this stuff apart. And like I said, my, my partner, George, uh, he he basically told me, he's like, man, you need to video that stuff because I'm getting ready to go through the same stuff you do, and, and I need – some kind of video instruction on how to do this stuff because, uh, you know, not necessarily that he doesn't know what he's doing because he and I kind of had the same upbringing. George is a couple years older than me, but we grew up in the same area in Illinois. And like I said, our dads build cars, like build the chassis, build the motors, build everything um, with cars. So we've seen this happen a million times, but it's one thing to do it by yourself and it's a different thing to have your dad being like, oh, just go take that intake off and do this. Oh, just go take the pan off and look at this. Well, when, you, when you're sitting here and you're like, my stuff's broken, and you're looking at it, and your dad isn't standing in the corner, now it's a totally different story, isn't it? So That it, that, that it is. That it is. That it is. That it is. Right. So basically the idea that going bracket racing was founded on was kind of to uh, – inevitably have all these issues compile them into one big encyclopedia type of youtube channel in one place so if you need help with the track or you need help in the garage you go to the golden bracket racing youtube channel they've probably already had this issue because they run a bunch of junk too and maybe they can just tell me how to fix it and i can make the next round that's that's the theory of the golden bracket racing youtube channel because i would venture to say about 90 percent of what needs to be done uh, to the everyday bracket car uh, can be done by the average guy or gal who has a little bit of know-how with some wrenches and some type of instructions, especially visual instructions to follow and just just some sort of direction to, to head in. Um, I think what we do, you naturally have to be a problem solver to do what we do anyway. Uh, that's all That's all bracket racing is. You know that, Don. It's, it's literally... I'm this far ahead of this guy down the track. What am I going to do? That all translates. That's I've noticed that a lot of my friends who actually grew up running junior dragsters with, and then I, I went on to a lot of bigger things, they all did the same thing. Those people were really good in school. That's because they're really good problem solvers, and a good problem solver can take a problem, and if they just have some sort of direction, they can fix said problem. That's my theory. Well, and I totally agree with that from the standpoint that we we need help, right? We have those opportunities where we need help, and we all have that little circle, right? So, And the other thing that I think that probably plays into this, that a lot of people, a lot of racers would not admit. I think there are certain clientele circles that they do admit now, like in Luke's like Elite and so forth. A lot of people make mistakes and there's a lot of pride, humility involved in that, that people are like, oh, I don't want to tell. Okay, I don't want to go posting it on Facebook that, hey, does anybody, anybody know how to fix this? What did you do that for? You You know, and it's, you know, and so I get that. I understand that there's, it's nice to have platforms or outlets or circle groups or whatever the case may be 
for to be able to lean on somebody to get that hey man i got this going on you know uh what do you do and 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 so that's really good that you're doing that i know that that's one thing that frustrates me about facebook that i know recently i just quit doing um because it just was kind of crazy is that people would post a question and then you would answer it and you had 30 other people that answer because it you know it's the way they go about doing things in their problem solving process and so forth and it just got to be the point where a lot of times i just don't answer i wait for somebody right. to you know reach out and say hey man my race pack's broke how do i fix it well, okay well i'll tell you you know i'm not going to tell you out here on this forum because everybody's got a different version of something that they do that works for them and so if their way works then there's there's the only way to do it and it's and so you have a lot of that that goes on uh in there and of course we're all just trying to get the same way we just want it to work right we want it to be work and go to racetrack that's what we, well, that's what you know and here's the uh here's my theory on that whole deal man is that number one number one it, this is something that luke always says is is you you don't know what you don't know number one Number two is every single person who is an expert in something out there right now, uh, you, they, at one point, they didn't know what they were talking about either. How did they learn how to do that? And the, the main goal is, is that I can't tell you how many times uh, growing up I heard my dad, uh, some engine builders in the area, just a bunch of, just a bunch of guys. They all built motors. They all thought like, Main bearing clearance needs to be X amount or it needs to be X amount or whatever. Guess what? None of them were wrong because none of their motors ever blew up, you know? So nobody was necessary. They weren't wrong. No one was wrong. It's just a matter of one guy does things this way. One guy does things that way. There may or may not be one or two or three or four ways to skin a cat. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. There's definitely more than one way to do that. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you said that about Luke. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know. I'm trying to remember. There was a. I'll. I'll. It'll come back to me. I had it before the show. It's a conversation that Luke that Luke and I had about something, and uh, it's this has been like well over a decade ago. This is like dirt floor in in uh, Hunts Vegas in his shop in the middle of the <laughs> winter. Uh, it'll come back to me. All right. So doing that. Doing what you're doing, right? You're doing these live streams. You're, you're talking about the the barriers to get over. You've got how to Tuesdays that you're doing now. That's on YouTube, right? That's not on Facebook, or are they both? Right. Yeah, the okay. how to Tuesdays are on uh, are on Facebook. Or well, actually, they're on YouTube. We always upload them to our Facebook page because we got we're working on 1,100 people over there on the Facebook page, and we're trying to bring more people to YouTube because, in my opinion, YouTube is the better platform for what we do uh, for video and for live streaming and things like that. Um, we're still going to do our next live stream, which will be this Friday, uh, February 5th. Uh, we're going to do another live stream on Facebook, kind of see what works better for our audience more than anything. Uh, you know, but like I said, if you can get over to YouTube, it's always a better place. And either way, we always upload everything that we do will always end up on the YouTube channel uh, to begin with. So if you miss it, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but the How To Tuesdays, basically the idea behind those is uh, every other Tuesday, George or myself puts out some sort of how-to for something uh, to do with your race car. 
uh, could be anything from like how things work to uh, how to perform a specific task. Uh, basically, we're trying to help educate people, uh, save them a little cash and frustration along the way. Uh, we're hoping basically the videos on the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel can you know, expand the sport of drag racing and get more people involved uh, whenever they realize that most of this work can actually be done yourself. Um, you don't you don't need to actually have someone build your motors for you and somebody do this and somebody do that. You don't need to pay people for all this stuff. Uh, this sport was invented on hot, hot rodding in general, uh, pulling stuff out of the junkyard and putting it all together. I mean, you know, like you see a lot of stuff out here out in the southeast. There's a lot of 420 dragsters. There's a lot of real, real, real fast door cars, but they don't even turn the clocks on. But if you know what you're looking at, you know you're looking at a 430, 420 door car that's grudge racing on a Thursday night. But the point is, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing it at the high end, if you're doing it at the low end, half the fun of this hobby is wrenching on your own car and that sense of pride you get and feeling of accomplishment whenever you work on an issue all by yourself, take your car back to the track, everything works as it should. I mean, Don, I, I've seen what you're racing. I mean, talk about trials and tribulations. You're doing something nobody has ever really done before. So I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I could totally go and just sit down and probably make hours upon hours of content of just telling someone what we went through in the struggle aspect of of doing that and and honestly it wasn't that we were doing something that nobody else had ever done other than putting that engine platform in a chassis car um because obviously all the factory stock showdown cars have that platform but we were taking something that was not stock and converting it to aftermarket to utilize its performance right so we were kind of stuck in that middle of stock aftermarket type deal for high performance and yeah we struggle uh there's there's things uh, you know i will tell you right now there are people that are in some of these facebook groups that i just kind of want to reach through and go and strangle them right i'm just like you know i i had somebody send me a message this is totally off topic had somebody send me a message about our new tensioner kit that we're that we're running for our pulley systems right that we worked all last year on and so this is something that's 10 rib 8500 engine rpm blowers being spun at an astronomical number making solid horsepower right and i will have somebody that's got a street lsa Cadillac and they'll send me a message and go that tensioner system won't ever work because it's not this rib it's not this tensioner and I'm going dude are you listening to yourself you're you're making a third of the horsepower I am you're turning your engine at half the rpm I am you're I, I mean you're turning or I shouldn't say engine but turning the blower like not even close and you're telling me that what we have will not work on something that produces less horsepower are you kidding me what science class did you sit through i mean well they can tell you whatever they can tell you whatever they want because they're an expert keyboard warrior you know that 
Oh, but, but uh, uh, you know, oh God. So yeah, people so always definitely. want to argue, man. It's it's one of those things where uh, you know it's I one of one of the guys I worked with in college. There's a uh, there's explicit terms in here that I'll try to leave out, but uh, at the same time, he he always basically said. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Do you not believe me? Well, that's too bad because I really don't give a care for lack right. of a better term, right. you know, yeah. but that's, that's what he said. And, uh, and it was true because at the end of the day, you do what's best for you. I'll do what's best for me. And if I'm wrong, then so be it. It is what it is. I don't claim to be an expert on any of this stuff. I'm not, uh, my dad is the expert and I get a lot of my information from him and I might report some of the information wrong. And he tells me whenever I do, but most of the stuff that I say is correct, and I'm not going to tell you how to blow your motor up. Uh, you know, like there might be a couple things where maybe in videoing yourself from your iPhone and holding it out from you, maybe you say something wrong every once in a while. But all the rest of the stuff can lead you at least in the right direction, and you make your own decisions from there. I'm just trying to get you in the right spot, you know. That's my goal. Oh. Oh, that works. that works. So with so, this venture, you have a lot of business, right? You're trying, you're running this venture as a business. You're trying to be, you know, everybody that has a business has a product or a service that they're trying to, to deliver to their customer base or to the market. You're, you're doing that by utilizing the going bracket racing channel. That being said, where what's like the the short term and the long term goals on the business side for for your channel? I would say the short term goals more than anything is uh, just kind of to grow the sport of bracket racing. I mean, bracket racing's been exploding lately, which has been my dream my entire life. Um, I thought before the recession happened, I was on the track where I was going to be a professional racer. That was my goal. And I was getting real close to achieving that uh, with with getting marketing partnerships and things like that and kind of slowly stepping my way up. Um, and then long story short, the bottom fell out of that because just so happened it was just right place, right time. The recession happened. We all know what happened because a lot of, I would say probably 90% of us that are in any kind of motorsports activity work in the categories that got slammed by the recession. Um, and that kind of let the wind down my sails. But at the same time, I mean, it pushed me to uh, it, it did actually work out in a sense because it made me go to college. I was never going to go to college because where I come from, you don't do that. I was the first person to go to college in my family. I have two bachelor's degrees now, one in economics, one in finance. It did make me overall a smarter person and I have a better life for it. Um, but I would say. Like I said, the short-term goal of going bracket racing is just kind of to grow the sport in general and get more information out there because I know people didn't have the same upbringing as I did where my dad is the biggest gearhead you'll ever meet in your life. The long-term goals of going bracket racing is kind of to bring more partners on the channel to be able to showcase their products and information and, and again, get that out to the people that are that are fans of the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel. And one of one of the best streams we ever did that was actually not even a paid stream was with Jerry Bonifield. I highly encourage people to go watch that if you're at all interested in Holly EFI and the Dominator system. We did like an hour-long 
episode with Jerry Bonifield explaining to us how he's implementing this on his 67 Corvette bracket car. That's super pro car now, but it actually used to be a modified eliminator car. So what more fitting of a car to actually have the technology just keep going. But that's a really good uh, episode. I really encourage any of your listeners to actually go watch that video and kind of get an idea as to what we're trying to do with going bracket racing. But that was the reason I actually reached out to you, uh, Don, was because I know obviously you're affiliated with Streetway Marketing and and all that, and you do a lot of motorsports marketing. Um, I kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were. Like, are we on the right track? Uh, you know, like I said, we got nearly 1,100 followers on the Facebook page. Uh, we just, I think, right before you called me, um, hit 3:30 on the YouTube page. Um, I was just wondering what you what you thought about the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel more than anything. Well, I mean, hey, we're not uh, we're definitely not experts. I mean, we we have we have ideas. We we think that we have plans, if you will. I know that for what you're doing for the angle, right? The business angle that you're taking of being able to be from the educational standpoint at the beginner level, the ground trying to bring people into the sport that definitely has a spot in the sport, right? I mean, we've got, we have Luke, Luke's doing his deal. He takes care of the, the, the people that have been in the sport for a while and they want to improve that's where that's where he's at over there and he provides that education with this is bracket racing and you have that niche that to be able to impact people to to motivate them to get off the couch and get involved in the sport and and you're right you i mean don't get me wrong the the cost can get completely out of control very quickly if you allow it um you know, we've been talking about dads and this and that. And my dad's favorite line used to always be, how fast do you want to go? Let your wallet be your guide. That's mm-hmm. what he used to always say. Um, but, you know, in the in the previous weeks, I've been interviewing people on the NMCA, NMRA side that are that are racing with cars that, you know, they're, they're driving off of the lot. They're driving them off the, the dealership lot and, and spending – a few thousand dollars in upgrades and they're going to the racetrack and they're racing them all year long. Right. And it's the same car that they're driving to driving to work and going to get ice cream. So like seventies. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you that be able to do that and find that spot. I think that you're, you're doing that adequately. And then again, you know, I would tell you that you have to have a focus, an end goal. You need to have short term goals. You need to have long term goals and you need to understand where it's going to go and how you're, you know, when, when I say the next phrase, a lot of people get a little upset when I say, okay, how are you going to monetize it? Right. If you're doing something and unless you're just, you hit the lottery, you're wealthy, rich, and you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to have any money or make money off of it. Well, okay, then good for you. Thanks for doing that. And but everybody else, we're out here and we're grinding away and we have to find a way to monetize things uh, because that's what you do when you have a product or a service. I would say that going bracket racing is no different than racers and rental cars or this week in drag racing. Those, you have to have a plan to monetize and you have to find your spot and and roll with it. And you're going to, 
you're going to reinvent yourself numerous times over. You have to. Anybody in the media world, social media, digital media, you have to reinvent yourself, right? Because you can only go so far and then you've got to start over again. And then you go so far and then you got to start over again. It's, uh, I take it like the easiest way to explain it is if you look at somebody like a t-shirt designer, somebody that designs racing t-shirts and every now and then you'll see them, they'll throw them up on social media or Instagram and you'll be like throwback, right? And you see that design that and how that we applied colors and designs to t-shirts way back in the 70s and 80s and early 90s and even into the mid 2000s. And now if you see how we apply colors and designs to the back of t-shirts, it's like, man, we, you know, some of those t-shirts nowadays, you think like a kindergartner did them, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to what we got now. And so you, you have to continue to grow. You have to watch analytics. Oh, and then, and then always make sure that you've got companies involved because you want to be delivering messages that coincide with, with their messaging. That's interesting. You had Holly EFI on. Those guys are great to me, to our organization. So, uh, you know, I'm very, very blessed to have Jeff Turk and those guys involved and Bill and, and everybody at Holly. That's awesome. But I, you know, you talked about a dragster. One of the, one of the very first shows that Cam and I did we talked about that, right? Like there's no, like we sell cars, right? J, you know, dragsters for sale was like a, a huge thing. It, mm-hmm. But you could, you could buy something that you didn't have to worry about when it left. Well, now with the digital media world of, of everybody's a used car salesman, if you will, you don't know what you're buying, right? You're buying something based off of somebody else's word or, or, or their experience or whatever the case may be. But we don't have anybody out there teaching them saying, okay, well, how fast do you want to go? You've never driven anything. Okay. Let's pump our brakes here. We don't need to get you a 440 dragster. Let's get a, let's get a 570 digger or 520 digger. Let's, let's start somewhere in between. Right? So that's good that you're doing, doing things of that nature. Um, I think your social media, and I would tell anybody this, Going to YouTube and protecting yourself uh, from a website, I would, I would tell everybody, you need to have your own website and you need to have a YouTube channel. And, and it doesn't have to flourish, right? You want it to. Everybody does, right? Because YouTube pays you then. There's way to, ways to monetize that. But there's going to come a time that Facebook and Instagram are going to get shut down. And there, and there, something's going to happen to them, and they're going to turn into MySpace, right? And you're not going to own it anymore. It's going to disappear. But you own your website, and you own your YouTube channel. That is, those are yours. Um, and that's one thing they have just, you know, you talked about post cross-posting over to, to Facebook. I would tell you, Facebook is horrible with third-party apps when it comes to YouTube. They do not want, they do not like to share anything that's involved with YouTube. It will not get, uh, it will not get metrics. It won't get analytics. You can go, um, you can post, cross post, right? And 
You could even promote your post and you will still get, you may get some, but you would get horrible analytics to it because Facebook and YouTube, obviously they're owned by different companies and they, they're, they're battling for that space. They're battling for your brainwaves and your bandwidth. And so, uh, I would, I would tell you, I mean, Cam and I did it, uh, and if people remember, like back in the summer, Cam and I were doing Facebook lives like once a week, you know, or kind of like calling it happy hour or whatever the case was, you know, have a beer or have a beverage with us or whatever, and just like talk about audience stuff. And those numbers, the first couple were great until we switched to a cross promote third party app to help clean up our show and make it better. And then our numbers went down and it was horrible because the app we were using wasn't a Facebook supported app. So I would caution you as you move through that to be aware, you know, if you're looking at something and then all of a sudden you go, well, wait a minute, where'd all our numbers go? That's probably why that happened. Um, But I don't, I definitely wouldn't discourage you, you know, as long as you've got, as long as you have your motivation, right? You got the motivation to do it. You're willing to put yourself out there. Uh, you've got support from your family. You've got sponsors that you're getting involved. You've got your goals. You've, you've set your goals. You're focused on those. And, and then you socially promoting them. You know, if you've got your sponsors to help cross promote you as well, that's always a good thing. Uh, you know, especially if they start taking your how to's or whatnot and they're using it on their site or their YouTube channel. That's always a good thing um, to help push. But, uh, you know, to not go into it with a plan, you didn't do that. And that's always a stumbling block if you don't have a plan to start. But I, I, think, you're do- I think you're going in the right direction. I, I, I think that it's like anything. It takes time to grow. I mean, okay, so this is like completely like we're talking about this week in drag racing now. But I literally worry. Right. I watch all these analytics and metrics like to the point that it might cam always says that I'm going to like he's he's afraid that Diane's going to call him one night and say Don jumped off the roof. <laughs> I, that, that's that's what he says all the time. He's like, because we'll get the re, we'll get the reports back and I'm looking and I'm going, are you kidding me? There's no way these numbers are right. And Cam's like, dude, I, he goes, I'm so worried that you're just going to jump off the roof one night. I'm just going to jump off, just going to go get on a ladder, climb up <laughs> on top of the roof, jump off head first because, the, the, you know, because I get so spun up about the numbers, but I'm a marketing person. It's really hard not to get spun up about the numbers, right? It's really, right. really hard. But if you're putting out good, solid content to people and you're getting feedback, then, then that needs to be your benchmark, right? Yeah. Do you want more? Of course, we all do. Uh, but we're all not going to be Joe Rogan and get, right. you know, you know, three and a half million downloads a week or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And basically, uh, George and I, George actually says it best because he's he's probably one of the most easygoing people you'll ever meet in your life. That dude is always smiling. He can have the worst day ever and he'll always be smiling. But the reason we started doing the live streams more than anything 
George always says, man, I don't care if this doesn't go anywhere because I'm having fun and I get to be involved with drag racing more than I normally am. And that's that's what I want, because at the end of the day, you know what our live streams are? I don't know if you've watched our live streams, Don, but I think they're pretty entertaining. And really, all those are is George and I turning a camera on and having our normal conversations because George has two kids. Uh, I've always got a million things going on. Uh, I try to race a lot. I actually have I have 54 races on the schedule this year, pending no rainouts. So I'm always doing something. Uh, I work I work probably 50 hours a week at my normal job, usually more, and then the phone calls come after that. But I'm always doing something. But George is always just kind of like, let's just talk about racing and let's just record it and see what happens and see what comes out on it. And uh, you know. That's that's probably the coolest part about going bracket racing is the is the live streams, I would say, even more so than the how-to videos. The how-to videos are what started the channel, but the live streams are kind of what builds more of a community, and we get a lot of people involved. The coolest part about the YouTube channel is when we're live streaming, whatever topic we have going on, it gives people the opportunity to have all of their voices heard and just kind of be like, I think this about uh, – what you're talking about. I think that, I think you guys are idiots, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, but it gives them the opportunity to say something and it gets more people involved because at the end of the day, you'll notice in several of the videos, I say this exact phrase in several of the videos. If there's nobody to race, it doesn't matter how nice your car is or how cool your car is or how much money you have in it or how little money you have in it for that matter. Because if all these tracks close down, there's nobody to race and you can't race either. We might as all all well just buy hot rods, you know, and uh, I just don't want sports to die because I've been seeing a lot of turnover uh, the negative way lately uh, where people run junior dragsters all the way up till they're about 17, 18, whenever it is you age out now. I'm not 100% sure. It used to be 17. Maybe it still is. And then they quit racing because there's a lot of people like me that I live a thousand miles away from my old man. It takes a lot to get going, man. Uh, like, I don't have a shop. I have a two-car garage. My car sits in there, and my golf cart sits in there, and a bunch of my toolboxes sit in there. That's all I got. But you can still do it like that, and I want people to realize that it doesn't take, you know, a lot of our dads have built up a lot of the stuff. I ran a lot of 470 dragsters for my dad, um, and that's kind of the borderline where stuff starts getting expensive. My dad's building a top sportsman car right now. I could never afford a top sportsman car. My dad built the whole chassis, bought a kit from McCoy, welded the whole thing together. That car is looking sweet. Um, hopefully, we're going to finally be able to run that. It's been five years in the making. Hopefully, we're going to shake it down this June um, with a five. I think he's building a 582 Pro Charge motor for it. Um, so, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but my six-second Nova... I could I could win just as many races with that, and I've I've won rounds with that just as many as I've won in his old dragsters. I mean, uh, I just want people to realize that everybody has to start somewhere, and it doesn't matter if you got a wallet that's five inches thick with hundred dollar bills, or if you got a wallet that's two inches thick with one dollar bills. You can still do it because there was a dude out at Bristol at a footbreak race this year, a hundred grander. He was in the finals with a, like 8.30 in the eighth mile Mustang with just slicks bolted on the back. You know, I can't remember. I think his name was Sexton or something like that. A silver, like, 04 GT Mustang or something. But I just want to promote the sport of bracket racing, man. Uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, 
if I didn't make a dime out of this whole deal, that's 100% fine with me because I have another job, but I want to bring more people into the sport of racing and make it like it used to be, like when I was a kid, whenever uh, Winston was involved and all this stuff, you know, I know they can't be anymore for various reasons, but the point is, I feel like the 90s, that was like the heyday, the late 80s, early 90s. If it could be that again, everybody would be ecstatic. Well, and you definitely, there's definitely that line that gets drawn between, you know, if you want to say bracket racing or class racing, I'll, you know, because it, it does, it gets to a point, right? And you're like, huh. And now you look at it and bracket racing is obviously it's dominated by by dragsters there's a lot of money involved in it but there's so many other races that are out there for smaller money if you will that it's gotten to the point where a lot of people won't go to those events because it doesn't pay enough right or doesn't pay back far enough uh and but to me, I'm thinking man those are the ones to go to because you're probably going to have a really good time and they're not they're not going to be marathoned out. That is the one thing, right? If somebody comes along and they say, they say, man, why, why don't you bracket race? I'm like, look, Don does not stay up past midnight. If you see Don up past midnight at a racetrack, something's broke or something. Somebody had a really bad day, really bad day. Okay. Cause man. Don didn't stay up past midnight. And so right. I can't do it. I, I'm old. I, I mean, I'm old. I got, I got no time for that. And so that's really, uh, yeah, I don't mind racing at night. I mean, I love racing at night, but I don't like racing. I'm not staying up past midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning for a fifth round. You know, I just, heck, I guess I should start off by saying who, who said I'd make it that far. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it just. <laughs> But no, uh, I get to about that. Uh, I get to about that late at night, and if I know a track has a curfew, I'm sitting here rubbing my hands together, being like, "Who wants to split this up with me?" <laughs> right, for sure, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, the one thing we might have to work on, we might have to get a how-to video from Manscape over on the Going Bracket Racing uh, page, with with especially with Valentine's Day coming up absolutely positively make sure that you're looking good for valentine's day folks get your perfect package you've got time to get your valentine's day all nicely cleaned up and ready to play so over to the manscape.com get your perfect package 3.0 make sure to use r-i-r-c at checkout going to save 20% off and get free shipping and we are everywhere New Zealand Canada Australia we will get it to you make sure that you're ready for Valentine's Day with manscape.com all right Casey give me one more give me another question give me another question what else is on your mind what else is on your mind man I don't know the uh I would say one of the other things that's uh that's on my mind more than anything is uh, what analytics do you pay attention to whenever you're worried about jumping off the roof? What like do you do you pay attention to your reach? Do you pay attention to how many people actually engaged with you out of that reach? Do you do a combination of that? Uh, you know, do you do you actually uh, pay attention rather than 
you know, an engagement, in my opinion, would be if, you know, you got X amount of viewers. And I always kind of go off of the uh, the theory in, in my normal day's work. I go off the theory of like 1% are buyers, that type of theory. So like if 100 people see something, 1% will actually buy something. So of that 1% that would buy something, how many people would actually engage with whatever your uh selling marketing talking about anything what's your opinion no, no and that's actually i would i would probably more than likely 80 percent of the time i would concur with you on the one percent there there is certain certain metrics that make me go okay that's dumb um when it comes to you know let's say podcast wise let's say it's downloads Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then it's the number of streams uh, that we look at. We look at. I look at countries. I look at the regions that we make it. Uh, I don't want just you know single digits in a country. That single, you know, like one. Right. You'll get one. That's that's not a legitimate deal. But right. when I get ten, we get ten, twenty-five in Australia, fifty in Australia. We get you know 10 15 in south africa things of that nature those are legitimate when they go back i look at those the engagement factor engagement on instagram i still feel like some of that is is kind of skewed because it's so easy to press press whatever it is yeah without liking anything or you know what i'm like actually reading and seeing what somebody posted um, so that troubles me a little bit there. Uh, and then also looking at the standpoint of how long that's one thing that's always, you know, initially when we started the podcast, we were going to look at like 30 minutes and it was like, we got told, no, 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 we want, you know, you guys need to go an hour you need more. I'm like, what they, you know, what there, I mean, cause on YouTube, 30 minutes is you get something longer than 30 minutes on YouTube. I promise you I'm not paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at when people, the time frame, when people start checking out on you, if you will, or stop watching, close you out. But, I mean, th- those things those things drive me up the wall. Of course, there's all kinds of analytic companies out there, websites that you can put your information into and they'll give you the downloads and the metrics and so forth obviously youtube is very good with what they do um from from that standpoint uh but yeah and it's tough right because you're you're sitting over here and you're trying to compete because you are if you don't think that you're competing it's it you are you're competing for people's time and that is the one thing about media when it comes to things like podcasting and live streaming and YouTube, uh, even Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, all of that, you're competing for those people's time, uh, how their free time. And so, you know, there are people out there that I know that like I'll go in and see somebody, you know, somebody will come up on my screen and say, oh, so-and-so went live. And you're like, oh, okay. And you go in there and you look. And you're looking through the list of the people that are watching, and you're like, man, ain't none of these mother scrubbers got a job. No wonder they're watching. And the live stream numbers are up, right? But, but, the, but the people that are working, they're not watching. It's the middle of the day, and they're not watching, right? So you look at stuff like that, and I think that it's valid. 
You know, I want messaging to go out. I want to deliver a proper message for our sponsors and our partners and our companies that are involved with us. And we also want to deliver good education. You know, I, I want to have enlightened, you know, I want to help people. I want people to get something out of our show, you know, when, when they ask. And I tell Cam all the time, I feel like we're gas bagging sometimes about things because we don't have specific questions that people have concerns with, right? I can teach marketing 101 till I'm blue in the face, but to teach you marketing 555 and mm-hmm. marketing 600, though those classes, I, I, need, I need the specifics back from you that you're at that point of understanding that and I'm not just spewing out, you know, oxygen at you. Um, and so that, that always troubles me from that standpoint, but metrics, they will, they will make me jump off. I look at them. I, especially if we have a great show and the metrics come in on Monday, I'm like, are you kidding me? Who who did these numbers? Uh, you know, I feel like somebody like had, you ever see that little gif with the, with the monkey and the monkey's just pecking away at it. That's who I, that's how I feel like I'm like, somebody cut like five of the fingers off the monkey. What is he doing? Um, so, but yeah, no, it's tough. It is. It's very, and it's very specific. Casey, I've talked to, to social media people that work for company X and what they value versus what social media people at company Y value. It's like not even on the same spectrum. Like in the mm-hmm. strategy of grad school or the marketing world, you know, a professor would probably be standing in front of the class going, how did you two knuckleheads get to this? Because you're both yeah. wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is uh, that's kind of my theory on the whole deal. And you can I, I'd like to hear your opinion after I tell you this. But uh, so my whole idea with the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel more than anything as far as marketability goes is uh you can promote your product or brand all over the world every single week visually, which is a very big deal with the younger crowd these days. Uh, I'm not necessarily the young crowd. I'm more of the middle the middle of the road crowd, I guess, or getting up on there anymore. Uh, but the best part about YouTube is that not only can you showcase a brand or a product, uh, but that one-time contribution will still be paying dividends down the road because that YouTube uh, video, as long as I leave it up, it's going to be up forever. Um, if anyone goes to go on Bracket Race and YouTube channel to learn one thing, we put stuff in playlists. They'll more than likely watch the next video coming up or something that's tailored to them, something like that, um, which means let's say, let's say you, Don, pay for a video and then want this video up on the Go and Bracket Race and YouTube platform. And then let's say Cam puts a video up over here. Well, the thing is, Don's paid video over here might have led to Cam's paid video or vice versa, which means that someone else's investment can still help you. That's why we call it a mutually beneficial partnership. Uh, The pricing, therefore, could be lower due to like a utilitarian type structure, uh, kind of the theory of uh, floodwaters lift all boats. Uh, The Golden Bracket Racing community benefits from the knowledge of the product and information offered. Uh, Partners benefit through the promotion of their products, uh, you know, to the Golden Bracket Racing community. It's kind of like a win-win. And more than anything, the subscribers of the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, they are solely focused 
buyers. We don't we don't put out content that's just for fun. Oh, it looks cool. That car's going down the track. Oh, it looks cool. That car crashed. Like our stuff is specific. If you subscribe to our channel, it's because you're a buyer. It's not for any other reason, really. No, and that's that's absolutely true. You you have to cater to your market. You have to make sure that what you're delivering is insightful. You, it has to be captivating. And in the end, there has to be a call to action. And I say in the end, and I only gave you three, but no matter what you do, there has to be a call to action in it. If there's not, if there's not a CTA involved, then, you know, what were you doing? You know, whether it's, whether it's to go to the going, uh, going bracket racing website and subscribing, you know, signing up for a newsletter or a, a free log book or weather ratio or, uh, you know, free safety checklist. I mean, whatever the case is, right? I mean, any of that stuff, you you still have to have a CTA. So at the end, you've got something to track, right? It's it it that's a simple metric uh, about it. And and I agree that you could you could have two people put two different videos up on there, and one of them may not be as interesting as it could be or should be. And it may not get very many views solely on a, on an initial click, but on a on a restream it might get more views because they watched the first one and then it was the second one and it wasn't that interesting to be a first one, but oh, I watched the first one, so I'm going to go watch the second one. Yeah, you know, I mean those happen. You're going to get you know pass through, if you will. Um, but no, I I don't disagree with that. I, again always try i do i try to look at everything individually right because everybody's going to have their own individual goals or expectations that you're trying to acquire speaking from a marketing standpoint sponsors company products sales i everybody's going to have their own individuals and you have to be flexible enough to meet them uh, and have something to track to be able to gauge moving forward and you're never going to hit home runs i hate people that say oh you know we're the best in the business at it yeah, no, you're not. Every everybody everybody struggles. Everybody struggles in it. We're all trying to get better. That's the biggest thing. Uh, but no, I, absolutely. I think it's great. I think what you're doing is going to continue on, and and it's going to especially especially now that we get to start going racing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to have a video on making Mickey Thompson tires for all the people that say that they lose air. <laughs> actually you know how you solve that i figured that out a long time ago i actually had a uh that was one of the very first racer uh programs i had going on whenever i was 16 you know how you fix that you might know this dawn dish soap you paint the inside of the sidewalls with that mount the tires they'll never leak again i swear you know i hear and i've been a mickey guy for 20 years right so i'm not bashing them but i'm a beadlock guy and mm-hmm. and i tell people I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, to me, tire. So I take Scotch Bright and I run around the, cru- the what they call the crush area mm-hmm. on the wheel. I yep. go around that with Scotch Bright and rough it up, and I make sure that my bead lock, bead lock, the lock ring, is clean too. I don't have these tires going flat issue 
Like somebody said, oh, I got to go out every other day and put air in my tires. That's, I don't have those. I do. I don't know what that is. Um, so, but I'm not a Dawn person. I don't use Dawn, but I do worry about my beadlock ring areas and that's where I have it. And I, I just, you know, it's like the greatest war on, on social media. I, I love it when the, the Mickey and the Hoosier stuff gets rolling. I love it. Uh, I, I just, I get excited about it. People get so upset and hurt and, uh, you know, get, get emotional. Uh, I've been it, on but, all the tires and I've never, uh, and, and to be fair, you know, like I said, now this top sportsman car, now we're in a totally different realm. That car actually will use the tire, but you can't tell me your four link dragster is going to have an issue with tire shake unless you got a blower car, unless you're like Craig Sullivan trying to do wheelies out past, you know, 200 foot in your hardtail dragster. Yeah, you might shake the tire, but I just, I don't believe it, man. I've seen too many people. I mean, top dragster, or not top dragster, top alcohol dragster, they all run Hoosiers. I mean, you know, teaches them. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, I have a hands-on experience with a certain individual that was Hoosier through and through, and they got on the verge. They all they did was shake, 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 shake. They were shaking, almost didn't qualify down to the last session. Bolted on a set of tires to the moon, Alice. And there was <laughs> nothing else that was done, and. and that was like a that was like a proud day for me. I was standing back. I was beaming, had a smile. Um, you know, I don't really drink Captain Morgan's, but you know, I could have totally had the old position there, had my leg all cocked up. But nonetheless, but no, hey, that's that's what makes the world of motorsports great. We can all have our eaches and owns and, and roll on through it. And no matter what, in the end of the day, we're in the world of motorsports in drag racing. Clearly truly the best circle to be in regardless of whether you're a radial racer bracket racer a class racer professional racer whatever the case may be door car dragster it doesn't matter being involved in the world of motorsports is huge and definitely the place to be that being said casey tell you gotta take your parting shots tell everybody where to follow you at for going bracket racing and we'll get you out of here man obviously uh Going Bracket Racing, we, number one place we want you to follow us is uh, the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Uh, that's G-O-I-N-G. I grew up in the country. I don't say it right. I know that. Going Bracket Racing uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we're Going Bracket Racing on uh, Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, last time I looked, the Facebook page was right around 1,100. Uh, getting getting right up there, 1,100 strong. Our next live streaming will be this Friday, uh, February 5th. 4:30 Eastern Time. Uh, if you miss it, we always upload it to YouTube, so it's no big deal. Um, but uh, Don, you know when this uh, podcast is going to actually release? Do you do you happen to know that off the top of your head right now? It it'll be uh, it'll be after your Facebook Live. Our episodes always okay. drop evening evening time on Friday into early Saturday morning. So the reason the reason I asked that was because we actually have a. Uh, merchandise giveaway with one of our new partners rhino classifieds um it's actually rhino classifieds don you might have actually been at pri whenever they released it. i think they released it in 2018 but rhino classifieds was actually uh launched by the same guy who started racing junk 
back in the day, and everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure knows about racing junk, but uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, so they sent us a whole bunch of merch, and you'll see it on the uh, Facebook page. But uh, like I said, our other giveaway is ending this Friday, but whoever listens to this podcast uh, we'll start another giveaway for a free shirt drawing for you guys. Uh, go watch the latest live stream on the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Uh, and in the video comment section down below, type RIRC for racers and rental cars. And we'll do another raffle uh, a week after this pot or yeah, right after the racers and rental cars podcast comes out. And uh, we'll give you some more cool stuff from uh, Rhino Classified. So in the comment down below, R-I-R-C for racers and rental cars. Um, so that's uh, that's basically uh, what we'll do for you guys for listening to this podcast. And I appreciate you having me on, Don. And uh, thanks to thanks to everybody uh, who's kind of hung in there with us to get everything started here. Well, look at that. You can get a Valentine's Day gift. That'll be the week of Valentine's Day. So there you go. You guys can go over there and drop that drop that r-i-r-c in there and get a free apparel that is cool all right well hey casey you've been you've been listening you said since the beginning and you know what you got to go through you got to go through two questions to get out of here the first one is you get to send one christmas card to anybody dead or alive in motorsports who's it going to dude i've been uh i've been actually thinking about this and uh I think it's somebody that nobody's actually mentioned before, and it'll it'll probably be somebody as close to old Cam's heart whenever he finally gets over here and listens to this. But uh, Gary Selzy, man, because Selzy is the man. I wish he didn't retire. I feel like that dude would be hilarious to hang out with still to this day. And honestly, if I could hang out back in the day, I wish about 15 years ago I could hang out with him in caps. But I'd want to be the age I am now, so I hang out with him. <laughs> well that is a first for gary selzy to, to be on the christmas card list i'll have to add his name to the uh, interview list <laughs> all right last one the one that's always the toughest you get to send one wtf card to anyone in motorsports who's it going to Ah <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. That is the one that nobody ever wants to answer, but I would say, well, if you talk to my wife, she'd probably say I need to send it to myself most of the time because uh, all this YouTube stuff me and George are doing takes a ton of time, and sometimes uh, sometimes I even wonder about myself, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm pretty much buddies with everybody, so probably nobody really, so I'll just, I'll just uh, set the address wrong, and it'll just return back to me. <laughs> oh my god no you did not do that <laughs> unbelievable you had the former director of motorsports of coca-cola give a wtf card to the person at coke that made the decision to pull out of nhra drag racing you can't get any more pink elephant in the room than that <laughs> and you can't come up with one one person Man, I just want, I just want the uh, community to kind of prosper, man. So I, I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, I really don't care. It is what it is. Oh man, we got a high road guy, high road guy. 
man, you make sure to tune in next week because me and Cam are just going to light you up when we get together. We get the back and forth going. Oh, man, Casey took the high road. All right, so for all of you out there that think Casey uh, took the high road, make sure to send those comments to hate mail at racersandrentalcars.com, and we will totally read all of those next week on the air for sure because <laughs> we're only going to get like one and it'll probably be from cam but nonetheless casey thank you for coming on the show we greatly appreciate what you're trying to do in the motorsports community for the for the sport of drag racing and bracket racing as a whole and uh we wish you the best and we'll look forward to seeing you in 2021 out there somewhere in america at a drag strip yeah thanks don thanks for having me on the podcast uh good luck to both you and cam this season man I uh, really look forward to seeing you out there, maybe breaking into some 660, 650 area. I appreciate it, and I can assure you that's our goal. Awesome. Take care, sir. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. Somebody that's trying to fill in the gap, educate as you are looking to find your way into the bracket racing world. If you're out there and you are in the bracket racing world or drag racing world, do yourself a favor. If you've got a buddy, send them over there. Refer them over to the Going Bracket Racing channel. Let them uh, have another outlet or an education area for the world of drag racing. So we, we greatly appreciate Casey and his team coming on and being out there uh, forging ahead, if you will, in a segment of group that there are a, there's a lot of people trying to communicate for the world of motorsports. It's nice to see Casey kind of sliding over there and doing his his piece with George in the Going Bracket Racing Channel area. So we're going to close the show out uh, as we head into the weekend here. This weekend, we want to before I I would be I would be remiss. We 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 lost somebody in the motorsports world last weekend at Bradenton during the U.S. Street Nationals, and it was a tragic event. We're not going to really go into details about that. However, um, again, you know, it seems like every other week we're talking about losing somebody in the world of motorsports. Uh, do do yourself and the world and your circle a favor. Be kind, reach out to people, understand that time is very precious, and in a moment's notice, it can all be taken away. So just ask you to, uh, you know, keep the Bradenton racetrack family in in your thoughts, your prayers. Um, It was a tragic event, and... We can only hope that something positive will come from that as we're headed into the Daytona 500 20th year anniversary of losing Dale Earnhardt. We had positive safety measures come out of that uh, that has impacted all of us in the world of motorsports when it comes to wearing Hans uh, hybrid head and neck restraints to save us uh, safer barriers and, and ISP pads and poor in seats and so forth. But nonetheless, uh, do yourself a favor. Take a moment. Hug your loved one. Be kind. We're all dealing with something in this world, and we're all just trying to have some fun at the racetrack. So that being said, shout out to CBD MD RIRC over on their page as well. Get yourself savings of twenty percent. And 
Also this week, we want to thank NGK for coming on board as they are a new sponsor of our show. We thank you very much to the team up in Michigan for coming on board. So you will hear ads from time to time from our NGK family. We greatly appreciate that, as well as Manscaped.com. And that being said, Cam's not here to take you home, so I'm just going to do it all by my lonesome. We will see you next week. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.